Welcome back, everybody, to Talk of the Now podcast. And uh, today we're going to do a little something different. I've got Joe um, Dington back with us. And um, last time we did a um, kind of a study about the Bible, theology in the Bible. And we're going to change it up a little bit. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about a subject that we both share a liking of. And he just kind of proved to me that he might like a little more than me. But um, we're going to talk about the Beatles and specifically the Get Back docuseries that came on. Uh, how are you doing today, Joe? Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you, Gene? Doing good. Doing good. Um, what? Um, boy, I tell you. Well, first off, Joe's a pastor. And some people might be like, wait a minute, a pastor likes the Beatles? Is that is that allowed? <laughs> um, yeah, so... You know, John Lennon was famous for his little quip, the uh, the Beatles are bigger than Jesus. You know, so that, you know, yeah, that could get uh, skewed a little bit. But he also said he was taking out of context and things like that. So, right. Yeah, I did see him do other. That's the thing that people don't do is I don't think that he was I don't know if he was an atheist, but. I don't think he would have claimed to be a Christian, but um, he At certainly... certain times of his life, he did. Oh, did he? Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you ever read a biography about him or any like um, serious mm -hmm. in-depth stuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Most of what I've seen is like YouTube videos and little things about John Lennon. Um, and I, I do remember seeing some specific interviews where he was saying, it's not that we're big like Jesus. That's like the opposite of what we think. It's pretty much what he said. You know, he was just making a point that people make them, they made them bigger, you know, in their own minds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he would say, you know, that's a, that's a shame that for certain people, the Beatles were bigger than Jesus. Right. Essentially, people. Yeah. essentially without saying it, that people were idolizing or making the Beatles into yeah. an idol in a lot of ways. Right. Um, which is kind of ironic considering what do we call a lot of celebrities, you know, like American Idol or, you know, who's your idol? Yeah, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I guess in some ways he was sort of seeing that people were taking that out of context. He was really, I mean, I didn't really know this too much about him until recently that, um, I mean, I knew this, you know, for a while, but I guess I kind of forget about it that he was really in a sad state toward the end of the Beatles um, their career as a band and kind of, I think he kind of got out of his, his dark period of like, I think it was like into the drugs, like cocaine and um, heroin pretty bad. Was he not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, and he's going through, you know, divorce. Um, hmm. You know, I, I would say the, the, the Beatles breakup had probably had a harder, he had a hard time with that as well, you hmm. know, because just being with them for, you know, so many, most of your life. And then all of a sudden you're not, um, he wouldn't admit to that probably at the time, but that was probably yeah. a big change for him. I tend to think, I mean, obviously Paul was probably the most outgoing of the four, um, mm -hmm. as far as his, you know, communication style and his, you know, personableness, if you will. And just listening to interviews from Paul, you know, he just looked at him as, you know, as he would say his mate, you know, he was just the guy that he was, they were best mates from the time they were, you know, adolescents to, you know, when they, when they started to, you know, make a little band just for fun. And next thing you know, I can't imagine being just putting myself in their own shoes, which is impossible. I, I can't imagine being like, I'm sure Birmingham, 
I'm uh, sorry, uh, Liverpool back in those days was probably similar to being from like out in the country here, you know, like being from somewhere like Kentucky or, you know, um, Iowa or something like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're, you're the biggest thing in the world. I mean, what, what can that do to somebody's psychology? Well, yeah, I mean, they, but for, for whatever reason, they, they were able to stay as grounded as they, they could be, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I, I don't think they got quite like a, into like a Mick Jagger type of, um, you know, flamboyance kind of thing where he just kind of, <laughs> he, he, he kind of lost it a little bit, but they, they didn't lose it too much, you know, and, and I think because they were all about the music. And, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm into them. And, um, yeah. you know, uh, I, I, you know, you said that earlier, I was, a, I'm a pastor and they met at church. So that's, that's how I can get it. Did they really? Today. Yeah. I never knew that about them. Yeah. They, they met at a church. Wow. Not hey, at yeah. church, not at uh, worship necessarily, but at a right. church. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I would like John to, was playing, yeah. I would like to interject that both, I don't think George Harrison did, but at least um, John Lennon and, and Paul McCartney both had Christmas songs, with our, which are about Christmas, which are about Christ. So, you know, take that for what it's worth, uh, people yeah. <laughs> out there, uh, uh, which I, I kind of like um, Paul McCartney's Christmas song a little better than, um, mm-hmm. so this is Christmas. Yeah, it's a little bit more catchy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, maybe sometime we could talk about the whole bigger picture, but let's get to get back. Um, I don't know. Uh, golly, there's so much to it. And there was so, you know, I watched it back in, it was, it come out in December. That's when I watched it. I worked, watched it that first weekend. I just sort of did some binge watching and mm-hmm. I started to rewatch it. I need to rewatch it again. And the second time I started watching it for about the first 40 minutes, I did, I did what somebody said on, the radio to basically watch it with the subtitles on because um, mm-hmm. you can kind of get a little better of what they're actually saying. The first time I watched mm-hmm. it just to sort of kind of take it in and just watch them and everything. But what were your, um, I guess, initial as a, as a Beatles fan, what was your initial impressions of it? The whole series? No. Well, I loved it. I loved it. That was, it was, you know, so long. Some people didn't like it because it was so long, but mm. I liked it because it gave us it gave us enough time to get some insight into how they worked and how songs came to be. You know, for instance, when um, when Paul comes up with the Get Back song, and he's just kind of messing around with it, and he's messing around with his bass, and and John hasn't showed up yet. He's late, you know, and you kind of yeah. catch on to that. Oh, he's late again because you've been in a couple days now into the documentary and you say oh that's just john that's how he is and paul's just messing around with his with his bass guitar <clears throat> and george is kind of yawning and he might have his tea or he's just kind of waking up and, and ringo's kind of encouraging paul and and then all of a sudden it's like it comes to life and 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 the song get back kind of comes out of nowhere or it just comes out of paul's head mm-hmm. and so just to see that process and then just to see the rest of the uh, working uh, process and what they were doing. I think what they set out to do was a little bit of an impossible task because they're trying to do 14 songs, put together 14 uh, brand new songs in like three weeks. 
pretty impossible. So, um, <laughs> you know, and and for four of them to gel together, I mean, even though they had been already together, but they don't know the song. And it's funny, like as I was watching it, I'm like finishing the lyrics before they write write the lyrics. I'm like, it says like. <laughs> It's Tucson, Arizona, and, yeah. and they, they couldn't come up with in uh, Arizona. Uh, what is it? <laughs> Tucson, Ari- Tucson, Arizona. Right. And so that was like one of the best parts to me, where they just kind of you can see their working process. Are you a musician, and, uh, by the way? No, I am not. No, okay. I attempted to play guitar. I am not a good singer. I'm not a. I attempted to play guitar for like a year or so and just could never get it. I think maybe because I'm left-handed and all the most guitars are right-handed. I had mm-hmm. to turn them upside down. I just never got to it. So. Yeah. You can start with the bass. Sir Paul McCartney yeah, is a right. lefty bassist. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, yeah. I, um, I'm not really, I mean, I, I can play a few chords on guitar and I'm always trying to learn. I just always fall off the wagon and never get back around to trying to get more persistent with it, but natural, you know, like for instance, I'm sort of a natural artist in that I can draw. And since I was a kid, I could draw and paint and, and make images on a picture. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a natural ability. Nobody really had to teach it to me. And I kind of feel like with a lot of musicians, they are that way as well. You know, um, but uh, George Harrison even admitted in the uh, series that he can't read music. I don't know if Paul, I don't think that Paul can read music either. No, I don't think any of them could. Uh... Mm read music and still still can't i know so. paul's a little more savvier though i can tell because george there were a few times in the series where george would come over to him and he was like, is, is that a b you know trying to play something on the piano and paul would know that's a c right there or whatever you know yeah, yeah so that was the most probably surprising i don't know if this is in your questions or whatever we're just mm-hmm. talking about it but yeah just talking the 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 most surprising part uh, documentary was just George in general because I had this picture of him uh-huh. as this like kind of wise you know kind of guru to, and that, that's how he comes off in everything and um, and and he came off as like the most complaining most kind of prima donna not that he was too much but out of the floor in the at that time because he I remember he was asking for like, oh, can you go get me a bow tie? At one point when they're in, I remember yeah. that. Can can some can somebody go get me a tie? Um, yeah. Give me the right color. You know, it's like what what is that? You know, <laughs> and this is like after he quit because he wasn't being, you know, involved enough, and it's just it's I don't know if he was going through something during that time, right? Um, but it, but it seemed like he something was off with him. I agree. I, he definitely had. Can you imagine? I mean, sitting through all the footage they had that, you know, I mean, I, I suppose only a select few have been able to do that, including Peter Jackson, because there's like mm-hmm. 156 hours or something like that of footage. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe if you were, I mean, after you fell asleep a few times, I guess, maybe if you were able to actually sit there and see that, you would get the bigger picture. But I don't know. I mean, I agree. It was George, mm-hmm. you know, watching older videos and older interviews of George from like the 1980s. So it shows you what I've done. I've digged in a little bit from YouTube. Um, You can tell that he, um, he was, he did get wiser and, and more. I I think that maybe he was, I mean, I could just only speculate, but the, the, 
impression I got was him showing just his general frustration over Mm. um, not maybe being taken seriously by the other guys. Like, you know, he Mm. might, he might've been looking over there and thinking, you know, you know, y'all aren't taking this serious. I'm trying to get this. We're trying to, I'm trying to be serious. We're trying to be a serious band. You know, it's kind of a privilege for us to be here and you're just acting like wankers. I guess they might say, (laughs) you know, yeah, but I don't know. That's just my overall impression. Yeah, I guess, I mean, he had a number of songs that he had written and they just can't, weren't going to get on the album, Mm. especially if, I guess, in some way, that's, uh, you know, um, what's the album he comes out with right after? All All Things Must Pass. Right. And it's like 30 songs, right? Um, And he must have had most of those at that time and just couldn't get them out because John and Paul had their songs. So, yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, you talked about Paul with how he came up with, um, get it, get back, get it back, get back. He, um, watching John didn't really seem to do that. You didn't see much of him just sort of strumming. Hey, how about this little bit, you know, where I'm going, you know, but George, it seemed like George and Paul were really into trying to get into that headspace of, um, coming up with new things. And I was very impressed. That was the most impressive thing I was i had with george was how he came up with like three or four songs just sort of out of it he was like oh i was just sitting around thinking last night and i came up with you know when he came up with i me mine yeah um yeah and and john didn't like that one apparently yeah Um, that's true apparently he didn't he didn't end up playing on that oh he didn't really wow um you know in the end on the album he's not on that one you know, it's it's funny because I tend to think that All Things Must Pass might be, yeah, I don't know how you feel about George Harrison stuff, but to me, it's one of the top five, if not top three, solo Beatles albums. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just you, and, and I think, and I think he was also practicing, um, was he practicing Here Comes the Sun on that, uh, one of those episodes? So some something something thank you yeah yeah something for sure like he was something like something <laughs> something like like he couldn't come up with the lyric uh, he kept saying cauliflower or uh-huh. something like that oh I, I, I love you like a cauliflower <laughs> <laughs> and they're like no that's not it. And John just encouraged him, like, keep singing it until you get it. Right. And something will, something will come. Um, and yeah. that's. Yeah. If anything, I felt. You, did, you sort of felt bad that they were having. Again, you got to remember, I guess, that they were just mid 20s, you know, early and mid 20s guys just trying to figure out their friendship. Um, it's hard to mm-hmm. believe that sometimes mid to late 20s. Um, mm-hmm. But you felt sort of bad that John. It was kind. It's kind of like when you have too many chiefs trying to work on a project together, you know, and like nobody wants to. Do you ever watch Survivor, um, mm-hmm. the show Survivor, mm-hmm. and you see mm-hmm. like, like you get four, you know, three or four alpha males, and you know, nobody wants to step on each other's toes trying to make something happen. But Paul was like, you know, uh, we don't have um, George Martin. You know, he passed. Was it George Martin that passed away, or was it? Um, Am I getting the two confused? His, their manager had just no, passed away. their manager, Brian, Brian Epstein. Brian Epstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like they were saying that I read that, you know, he just passed away 
And and then Paul was saying, somebody's yeah. got to step up. You got you right. you three aren't really stepping up. I guess I need to step up and say, hey, let's get it together. Yeah, I mean, and and you just showed their, you know, their human nature. Where yeah, they do need a leader. They do need to some someone to steer the ship. And um, Paul was like, well, I guess that's me, but I don't really. I know how I come off, and you guys don't like it or kind of. And because uh, Paul had always had the ideas, right? He had the like. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole thing was Paul's idea. We're going to do this record. We're going to do these 14 songs in a month or three weeks or whatever. And then we're going to do the big, the big show. And they tried to do, you know, the, the Arabia, um, you know, I guess most of the, the um, concert was supposed to be planned in some park around London. Mm -hmm. I forget, I forget the name of it now, but, um, then they go up, end up going up on the roof. Mm-hmm. So, I, um, yeah, I, I agree though that, I mean, I'm sure that any, um, you know, I don't know about music professor or whatever, but anybody that is an ambitious song singer, song writer, I would think that anybody would advise them. You need to sit down and just watch this thing two or three times to get a feel for how people that were naturally gifted in doing it did it. You know, not that you got to copy them, but you give you yeah. an idea, you know. Well, it's it's inspiring to me because they work so hard at it. They don't care about how much success they've already had. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like out the window. They don't even rely on anything that they did before. It's what what are we? What am I doing today? And how mm-hmm. can I get better? How can I get better today? And how can I get better at this thing that I already think I've got it down? And then everybody's like, well, maybe we don't. And even when they do get it to where I think, oh yeah, that sounds pretty good. And they're like George Martin would say, oh, that sounds pretty good. And Paul's like, yeah. no, we got to do it. We got to do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, you you get the idea of the work perf- ethic. Yeah, <laughs> Paul's perfection is. You're you're surprised he ever got a song completed. You know, <laughs> it's kind well, of and a- John John's like that too, and that's kind of surprising in the in the whole documentary too, because John is just as as uh, enthused about making the song perfect as Paul mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to see, um, I doubt there's any video of it, but I would love, it would just be great to see a similar thing of when they were creating um, some previous albums like Sgt. Pepper and, yeah, you know, the white album. Yeah. I mean, that had to be just the way that they did it. I mean, how we saw them. Uh, and probably even more so with the, with with those albums. Yeah, so. I mean, there's a few tiny bits of um, footage of the White Album, and it looked like they were slightly happier when they were making that one. But um, have mm. you um, have you? I, I assume you've probably seen uh, Let It Be the documentary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Is, you can't really compare the two, but did you like Let It Be? Well, you know, it seemed kind of forced. Mm. Uh, just to like let's get something out there and we're gonna show you you know it's mostly just okay here's a song here's a song here's a little you know argument about the song and then here's the next one and it's it's pretty it's quick you know you're not really sure exactly what's 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 happening yeah there's no there's no like flow to it which right. is different than how Peter Jackson did it. 
Yeah. But I think I think the uh, Michael Lindsay Hogg, the mm-hmm. director, he only had so much to work on. He didn't have, I mean, he didn't have the like nice, up to date footage either. Which that, you know, we haven't mentioned all that. But just like, if you watch, let it be movie, and then this, it's night and day how it how it comes across. Just like video quality and sound. I mean, yeah. it's not even, it's not even comparable. Yeah. And that the, um, I, I personally like let it be, I sort of think it gets a little bit of a bad rap, um, because it shows some of their arguments and things, but I didn't, I mean, I just sort of like that it showed it is what it is type thing, but, sure. um, yeah, I, um, I could kind of see how, cause you gotta remember late sixties, kind of was sort of that art deco kind of period you know and they're trying to be a lot of people are trying to make artistic kind of psychedelic type movies and you know things that are kind of whimsical and you know for that mm-hmm. time period i can, i think i could kind of see where they were because you watch some things from the late 60s it's pretty dang odd <laughs> in our oh, yeah, yeah. 20th first century mind <laughs> you know well that's the one thing let it be is not they are right you know it's like back to rock and roll that's what they're trying to do they're trying to be as simple as as possible and um mm-hmm. you know it's i i guess they they're just too big for themselves at that point you know they, they just got too much um you know too many songs to get out and not enough time to do it um so. one of the things to me that show their brilliance of, of what they of how they did and what they did um was you get to, I don't know if it was the second episode or maybe toward the end of the first one where they're kind of getting stumped and they can't figure out what to do next. And um, I just thought it was brilliant that Paul came up with the idea. Well, let's just go. I mean, we've got like 30 plus whatever it was, 60 songs from when we first started. Let's drag something back out from 1964. You know, yeah. I was like, that's brilliant. <laughs> I would have never well, known. And for, for, for him to even remember that, there's no like, internet to look up on he doesn't like hey let's let's listen to the tape that i have it's just like there uh-huh i mean he's like oh remember remember this one and they all do once they start playing it so yeah like nine is it 909 is that the name of that song yeah um, one after nine on yeah. yeah one after nine that was a, i actually liked the album let it be a lot of people are not big on it but i've always liked it um oh, I've, okay, yeah. I've owned it for several years and uh mm-hmm that that song's always been one of my favorites but i never knew that that was one during that they created prior it was almost like pre-beatlemania <laughs> yeah well he wrote that like when he's you know 19 or something like that that's crazy um, you know like and it's just stuck there in his head and you know another thing that i like too about that album and that whole project <laughs> is that they stripped it back down because they went i guess to the cliff or the top of the hill with the Sergeant Peppers and the White Album, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they came back down, and they just wanted to do something stripped down and just more, you know, back to basics. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I suppose that's why they call it the Get Back, even though Paul's not necessarily meaning that in the right. song, but it's just it just kind of coincides with what they're trying to do, and um, you know, that's. It's great. I mean, I love, I love, you know, 
I didn't mean to say I didn't like the Let It Be movie or Let It Be album. I love everything that they do. <laughs> no, that's a, well, you know, it's probably it's like a tier system, I think. Sacrilege. Yeah, yeah, it's a tier system. You know, that's like sacrilege. Uh-huh. Okay, well, let me do this then before we move on into the further in the, to get back. Um, uh, do you have a pecking order of your favorite Beatles albums? And if so, what are they? Yeah, so to uh, the top is Revol- Revolver. Okay. Would be number one. I'd probably say number two is White Album. Number three is probably Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. Number four, probably Sgt. Pepper. And then five is, you know, one of those, probably, maybe like Hard Day's Night or something like that. Okay. And then down it goes. Yeah. Um, Without let moving. it be let, mm-hmm. let it be i really don't think of like as an album so much it's just like a collection of songs that hmm well yeah that i could see that because they didn't actually orchestrate for lack yeah. of a better term the order of everything i guess i mean it is an album but yeah I, it's not the same as like sergeant pepper as an mm. album so it wasn't uh it wasn't actually like I guess it seems like it wasn't like where Sergeant Pepper was sort of like a book that somebody wrote and it was edited and it was put together and approved by everybody. This was more like, um, you know, kind of the, the put, to, you know, um, George Martin just said, okay, well, let's, let's put this thing out. So we've, we got all these songs, let's put them together and put the album out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the Beatles was kind of like, whatever, take it, do what you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's- and by that time, that's how, that's how it was. Right. Did, were you, um, this, this is something I've been meaning to ask somebody. Were you, um, I was a little underwhelmed by George Martin's role in the film. Well, they were kind of pushing him to the side a little bit. You know, they brought the yeah. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Johns in there as their uh, producer. And he was, seemed like Mr. Cool. You know, he's the <laughs> new kid on the block. And, and they kind of push him around too, to, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But George Martin seems kind of like, oh, that was the old days kind of thing. And we don't need you around anymore. And it was a little bit sad to see that, you know, he, he had some good ideas still, I think, and yeah. could have helped him along in the process. But they kind of um, right. said, we don't, we don't need you anymore. I mean, I don't know how George Martin was during that period, but it almost looked like he was sort of the adult in the room, just kind of going up to him. Hey, would you like to do this? And they're kind of like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know uh, yeah and well what was what was good is like when they're outside the working you know making their songs when they would talk to him personally they were kind to him and mm-hmm. you know ask him how his wife was and things like that so like that was a little interesting like still they're, they're still friends with him yeah yeah so it's just yeah. like hey we we don't we don't need you here so you, th- so you feel like there's a little bit of dismissiveness on their part toward him in the uh Seriously. yeah and maybe they didn't even realize they were doing that it was yeah. just uh, that's just how how it ended up being yeah and not to mention there might have been a lot of stress on their mind as it is um it was a little little odd to see um i mean that that's one of the biggest things that's talked about from what i've read is the clear difference between when they were in the um how do you say that uh twingenham um the studio yeah, twingenham yeah. Twickenham and then going to Abbey Road studio was like night and day. Even watching it, you're like, especially when Billy Preston comes on, you're like, Yeah, this is like a totally different group. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing that with 
George Martin, Billy Preston, they said, oh, and, and Peter Jackson did a good job explaining what, how Billy Preston, how they knew him, right? So they knew him before. Now, this might be a point I hadn't thought of. Like they were working with Billy before they even met George Martin. So maybe that mm. was some of it. Like they were getting so far back that as in before, because a lot of times they're talking about Hamburg. Well, remember how we did this in the Hamburg clubs and all that and how this went. And, and then, oh, Billy was there too. And, oh, Billy's back here. And it just kind of, he happened to be there. And yeah. then, you know, John says, okay, you're in, you're in the group, mm-hmm. <laughs> which that, must have been like a real thrill for him I mean, john perked up i mean he perked up like a kid for christmas after a while because he was like oh we're really gelling i mean Pre- yeah billy has a great attitude and he's just you know i'm just here to have fun and have fun with y'all because you could tell that they were getting all tense and trying to figure out they were <clears> frustrated <throat> and everything and then you know billy comes in and just mr gracious and they're like this is a party all of a sudden <laughs> yeah so i watched one clip the other night you know, because now I'm just watching it whenever I need to waste some time or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, I, that's This is what nice. I turn on now. And like when Billy starts playing, Paul gives this look like, like, wow. Like, I can't, I can't believe he's it's gelling so well like that. Yeah. And, 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 and then Billy, John's facial yeah. expression changes. And, and, you know, it's that time too, because Billy, he just walks in like, yeah, I'll play. Let me sit down. And you're kind of like wow <laughs> that guy is incredible yeah. yeah you know um yeah and you take it for granted when you when you know since you've had you said you had let it be album for so many years and mm-hmm. you take it for granted that he's even on there like you don't think about him and then yeah. but when you watch it you're like oh yeah he's like a key to the songs i think it's safe to say that might not have existed let it be or the the album without billy I mean, yeah, I don't know. They might have given up had he not come on board to um, lift their spirits, if you will. Yeah, and and they even say that you're you're giving us a you're giving us a lift. Yeah, and so um, yeah, you can make the case of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah show show um, when when I finally put this on video, I'm behind on my YouTube um, uploads, but uh, show the audience your your, your giant book you have. Yes. Yeah, so this is the book that accompanies the uh, Get Back um, documentary. Uh-huh. And what's interesting about the book is in the documentary is John mentioned something about a book, right? That they're, hey, when the record comes out, then the book is going to come out and they show all the pictures, right? Yeah. So like you'll have, like, I'll just have it random. It's a huge book. Like here's them on the roof. Yeah like discussing that's like when uh they're discussing uh, can we really do this can we really go up on the roof and and play mm-hmm. up here and um but it's just filled with dialogue and nice little pictures nice yeah. was it under 100 bucks or was it it was over? it was like 40 oh that's 40 not bad. Something dollars. okay yeah i got it at target so target you get it at target and i think this is still a thing this is really really nerdy (laughs) (laughs) but if you get it at target they give you these little cards in the back interesting and they're little collecting cards oh man so anyway i kept them in the little pocket that they come in 
Wow. And, uh, so that's, it's it's my little nerdy yeah. hobby. Yeah, yeah. That's um, <laughs> man. I tell you, that's. I gotta so, say, so if, if you want to get it, get it at Target. Okay, maybe one day I'll pick it up. Um, I'm not that nerdy of a Beatles fan, um, but I um, I can see myself getting it. I I nerded out on YouTube a lot for the last 20 years because I was big YouTube fan, and I I bought way more stuff from them than I should have. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, Pink Floyd a little bit as well. Um, big mm-hmm. classic rock fan, but, um, oh, yeah. that was, um, anyway, so we can round it out then. What, uh, what are, is there any other thoughts or feelings you had about it that you want to talk about the old docuseries? Yeah. I mean, the, the most exciting part is when they go up on the roof mm. And that you could tell they're really not sure, like how this is gonna go when they first get up there. But then once that you get they get through a couple songs, you can just tell like the excitement with them. You could, I mean, even with George, which and George hasn't been excited the whole time. Hey, he said he doesn't want to go up on the roof, but then he's up there, and then uh, they just have a good time up there. Oh man! And 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 the the little interviews with the people. Which is different than Let It Be. I mean, Let It Be does that too, but there's uh, a couple extra ones mm-hmm. that I hadn't seen before. And it's funny, just kind of like some of the people are like, where's that music coming from? Because <laughs> <laughs> right. you think like they don't know that they're going to be up on the roof. And so all of a sudden they're just hearing this music from, and why are they up there? Yeah. <laughs> so that was, um, that was just a, a fun part. You know, uh, and, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, and then to finish it off, like the, them going downstairs and listening to what they just did. Yeah, that was cool. They're enjoying it. So. Something, I mean, you're at least they were able to, at least they had tape by then so they could go down there and listen to what they had done. Um, right. You know, another great, I'm, I'm sure a lot of um, sociology people will be just to get the, it's not even related to the Beatles, but just to get the snapshot of what downtown London and the people doing their yeah. everyday lives was about. That that was kind of cool in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and showing like kind of what it was before they got up there. You know, mm-hmm. the hustle and bustle and little, the cars going by and people walking and, you know, just a normal day. And just to see like life in the 60s, like uh, at right. the end of the 60s and just how people were how they dressed and it's just it is it's interesting i think it would have been nice i mean my final thought i I guess is that it would have been nice had the beatles been able to do one final concert at like you know wherever um you know in london um i forget the name of the um their big arena that's been around is it um Mm -hmm. albert Howard? is it albert hall is that what that is or something well they have albert hall and then like like wembley stadium yeah had they been able to do something like that and then say, you know, this is going to be our final concert one more time for the fans, that would have been kind of cool. But yeah, you know, case of raw. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's what the roof is. That's, yeah. So are you going to go see it in IMAX? I, I, I wish I could, but <laughs> probably not. Probably not. But uh, yeah, if, if I, if I can, I yeah. will. <laughs> I didn't know if you were, what's stopping you? Ministry. Oh, ministry. <laughs> I got you. Kids. Yeah, that's true. I didn't know if you would. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you'd be uh, hiring a babysitter and saying, "I'm going to go to it." 
I, I might. And now that you say that, maybe that. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, let's we'll close it out. I got to go eat dinner. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining me today, and we'll see everybody else. And uh, maybe when we come back next time to talk about the Bible, we'll 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 do a little more debriefing. But so, all right. Thanks, Joe. Yep. Yeah, thank you.